Hello and welcome back to Mining Stock Daily with me, Paul Harris. Today we're talking about copper exploration and development. And I have great pleasure to be joined by Eduardo Covarrubias, who's chair of Los Andes Copper. Good afternoon, Eduardo. How are you, Paul? I'm Thank very you well. for, for the opportunity to talk to you. You're more than welcome. And it's a really good moment in time to have this conversation because you've just put out a, a PFS, your Viscatitas Copper Molybdenum project in Chile, uh, central Chile. And uh, it's been, a, I think, quite an eye-opener. Your stock responded quite well. It's quite different in some ways from the PEA that the company's previously put out. You've, got a, you've increased the throughput from uh, 110,000 tonnes per day to 136,000 tonnes per day, shortened the mine life from sort of 45 years to sort of 26 years, and uh, got a production profile now of about 183,000 tonnes per year of copper. 11 million pounds of molybdenum and 1.5 million ounces of silver. So this is uh, looking like it's going to be quite a substantial project. So I imagine you're very happy with that transformation. Absolutely. I think uh, with the results uh, that were now published, we have the facts to show that we have a massive scale deposit here. This is uh, one of these uh, sort of ratified situations where uh, you start having a scale that puts us square into that small group of projects that have the economic profile and the technical elements to support that profile to make it one of the few that are going that should get developed now and that can make some of a difference in, in trying to bridge that gap and deficit in copper. Let's dig into that a little bit more, Eduardo. Because you know they, it's well known or increasingly well known that there's a, a copper supply deficit coming, that there's not a great pipeline of projects, and particularly there's not a great pipeline of projects of scale that are in these jurisdictions where you can build. Chile's obviously a world powerhouse for copper. You're in and at a zone where there's big copper mines all around you, infrastructure there, and as we've talked about already you've got a, the scale aspect now really seems to be coming on and from you know conversations offline there's a lot of potential for the the size of the deposit to continue growing absolutely i mean we our maiden reserve statement shows 11 billion pounds of copper equivalent in terms of resources we have 15 billion pounds of mni and another 15 billion pounds of uh, inferred resources again if you look at our neighbors in in, in our belt these are three or four of the largest copper mines in the world. And we're still not there. We're still far from being there. But with only 60,000 meters of drilling in a deposit that's completely open, and now we can probably say we don't even know where the center of this is, uh, we're already hitting um, values that uh, start, start showing that we have the elements to join that, clue, that club of, uh, of mega, mega projects. Thank you. Now, another aspect that uh, was a considerable improvement over the PEA was the, the project economics. You're now looking at an after-tax MPV of $2.8 billion at an 8% discount rate, an internal rate of return of 24%, 2.5 year payback, initial capital of $2.4 billion. Um, so it's a very, it seems to be a, you know, quite an affordable project to develop and you know, very good return on capital there. No, absolutely. And, and again, th this is all run at the uh, $368 copper, which is the latest uh, consensus prices, uh, that, that long-term price that came out. Um, 
and uh, people may have a view that this is going to go up quite a bit. And uh, well, our project has incredible leverage to copper price. Every 25 cents of long-term increase in copper price is half a billion dollars of additional MPV. So if you're thinking of $5 copper, we're all going to be very, very happy. Um, that's, that's in a nutshell, if you will, what, what kind of leverage we have in terms of value. But I think uh, more importantly, going touch to the robust economics that we have, this project was designed by a team of seasoned mining engineers that have worked by Fernando Portile, sadly passed away last year, uh, Manuel Mata and, and the rest of the team. These are guys that have been in key positions to design, build, and operate many of the very large copper mines that today are Heilfeldams. And that experience led the design of Vizcatitas because they wanted to make sure that a project of this magnitude gets developed with the uh, priorities that the major companies are going to be looking at when evaluating any project. This, is, this company does, or this project does not belong in a single asset company, belongs within the, uh, within the majors. Now we have, with the PFS, the elements to show everybody else in the market why. Okay, now so extending that concept, I mean, obviously scale and economics is one of the things that uh, a major is attracted to, but there's the other aspects that are equally important, um, and by this I'm, you know, the ESG aspects and the environment aspects and with the PFS you've uh, you've given more detail about some of those such as you know the desalinated uh, water your use of being no continental water usage uh, dry stack filtered tailings um, which reduces power consumption um, using high pressure grinding rolls that kind of thing um, so it seems you've taken quite a, a step forward in terms of the ESG performance or the environmental performance of the project as well being a greenfield project, we have the benefit of designing something from scratch. We don't need to deal with legacy decisions made decades ago that come back to haunt the project today. Uh, so that is a huge advantage. Um, as you say, I mean, we're able to not only start with desalinated water, but also we're starting with uh, filter tailings. We have the benefit of the rock pipes and the lack of clays essentially uh, that allow us to filter and not deal with the tailings down. So we won't, we'll never have one. Um, we've also, uh, this allows us to confine the project into one valley, reducing the footprint, and also depositing the filter tailings together with the waste rock in layers commingled, and that provides chemical and seismic stability. Chile is a seismic country, so being able to deal with solids and not fluids is a huge safety and environmental uh, advantage. So that's part of the change we're doing on the water side. On the power, we've, we've also discussed that we, we switched to HPGRs uh, in, on the grinding circuit uh, instead of SOGs. That's going to reduce uh, uh, power consumption by 25%. So there are several elements. On, on the concept of logistics, uh, which is another one of, another of the bigger sources of, of, of of environmental contingencies, if you will, we are going to be moving everything with a rotainer, which are sealed rotating containers. So effectively, from the mine, you have sealed containers that leave the operations and are actually trans transported in 
these sealed containers all the way to the warehouses of, of, the, of the ship, inside the ship. That is, is, is a very big change and, and it's a very big source of environmental, uh, potential environmental ability that gets eliminated. And I imagine um, going out on the limb here, Eduardo, having your, your, your product containerized gives you access to a broader range of shipping and potentially cheap, well, I imagine cheaper rates than, you know, bulk carrier. That is, the, 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 on the ships themselves, it, it, it gets moved as, a, as, a, as bulk, but it is transported, all the land logistics are, are done in containers. You've seen that the, the ports, the mining ports of northern Chile have already incorporated rotating technology, both Mejillones and Antofagasta have it. So the north is, is clearly leading the path to that. In, in the central region, we have Ventanas, San Antonio, and Valparaiso, the main ports there. And for them, being able to make the adjustment to add uh, rotainers to their, uh, uh, to their uh, uh, capabilities is, is marginal investment. And it gives us a lot of flexibility of accessing different, uh, multiple ports. Okay, thank you. So, um, a very positive step. What, what are the next steps for the company in terms of you know, moving towards a feasibility study or you know, further de-risking the project? Yes, I'd, I'd say the, the, the bigger, obviously the, the numbers are out, the economics are, are very compelling. Um, if you look at the drilling we did, particularly the drilling we did last year, uh, we can show that the potential for this deposit to continue growing is there. I mean, we drilled on the eastern side uh, a hole that, uh, that uh, essentially is now showing that this is completely open. That I'd like to say, we don't know where the center is. We know where the historical center was, but this hole is, is, is a game changer in terms of opening up Vizcatita to something that can be much bigger. Now, how much? Well, we need to drill it out. Um, the same thing, we had some indications on the west that this can continue to grow, and also at depth. I mean, we had, during the campaigns uh, since 2015 on, we've done some deep drilling. We've had some very interesting intercepts showing some, some uh, interesting stretches of high grade with grades increasing at the bottom uh, with traces of boronite, all the elements you, you, you would expect. And what's more important is that the behavior of our deposit when you compare it with our neighbors is exactly the same. So, and that's when you start uh, comparing the behavior of, 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 of our grades and, and you can see that you have all the elements for a, for a deep underground deposit that would obviously be developed beyond the open pit. But that again, is, it, it, it just opens up a whole um, scale, uh, life of mine, and, uh, and the projection for Vizcachitas that before had not been seen. Okay, so who are some of your neighbors, just to sort of fill out that bit of context? Well, 70 kilometers north of us, you have Pelambres. Pelambres. Yes, Antofagasta Minerals. Pelambres is, yes, it's, it's the flagship operation of Antofagasta. I mean, I mean, Pelambres is the mine that made Antofagasta what it is today. Uh, 70 kilometers south of us, you have actually two, two mines on the same hill. I mean, two sides of two mining properties that develop separately. On one side, you have Rio Blanco, which is uh, the Andina division of Coelco, the state-owned copper company. That's not Coelco's largest mine but it is Coelco's largest resource. On the other side of the mine, you have uh, Los Bronces, which is Anglo-American, the, the big operation together with Guayawasi that uh, Anglo has in Chile. Uh, fantastic mines. 
and then further south you have El Teniente, which is also called El Co. Teniente is the largest underground copper mine in the world. So you have these gigantic operations, and now we're showing that we have all the traces, all the elements. This is completely open, and we only have 60,000 meters of drilling. I mean, talking about drilling, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of drilling, a lot more drilling to do. Yeah. You've got a, quite a, you announced quite a sizable amount of inferred resources, which are pretty low-hanging fruit to upgrade those. Um, what's the process in terms of being able to get back drilling again? Because you've had a, a couple of uh, bumps in the road that have stopped you from drilling. Yes. Yeah, we were stopped uh, in March of last year. Then the courts actually came back and, and, uh, and uh, overturned that. So effectively, they allowed us to go back drilling, and this happened back in July of last year. However, they did put a couple of conditions, uh, a few conditions to be met, and we've been working with the agencies and authorities to comply them. So uh, we've sorted out most of them, and our expectation is that in the near future, and I don't want to fix myself for the date, but uh, I think that the last condition should be met in the near future, and that will allow us to go back drilling. As you point out, uh, reclassifying some of that inferred is, is, is a, is a low-hanging fruit kind of situation. Okay, thank yeah. you. Now, finally, to sort of close things up, Eduardo, can we talk a little bit about you know, what the company strategy is? Because it seems you've got a, um, a growing copper deposit in one of the best jurisdictions of the world, the kind of deposit that's very much in demand by bigger companies. Um, with all due respect, Los Andes is a single asset, you know, relatively sort of modest sized junior explorer, developer. Um, what's the big picture here for you? Well, let me say it straight. Um, Vizcachitas should not be developed by a single asset company. It is of a size and profile that should be developed by a big company that has multiple operations. Uh, our ob objective, our strategy is to illuminate the value. I think this PFS is a very important piece of that. And then obviously uh, prepare ourselves uh, for, uh, for a transition uh, to somebody else. I think that um, we need, uh, as, as, as the PFS shows, well, we may need to start doing some of the feasibility work. There's clearly significant room for optimizations that we'd like to do. Uh, we pointed out to the possibility of continuing to show how this deposit grows. We also have, I, I, I spoken about uh, reclassifying some of that inferred, which has a direct effect on the economics of the project. And uh, with all that, uh, I think we, we have our hands full for the, for the near, medium term future. And uh, the strategic environment is, is very, very favorable for, for transactions. So we need to just stay disciplined, stay focused, and continue to show the, uh, the beauties of these catitas, and uh, we'll see what happens. Well, excellent. I look forward to sort of hearing more about that as, uh, as you continue to de-risk the project. Los Andes Copper trades on the TSXV under LA and on the OTCQX under LSANF. Eduardo Cuvarribias, Chair, thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Paul, thank you very much. And that's all from me, Paul Harris. Stay tuned for more from Mining Stock Daily. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.